Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. I work at international private college prep boarding school. We're not so concerned about the students. They're going to be happy to be back in school, see their friends, have some normal structure. It's the adults that we're worried about. If I could snap my fingers, it would be more resources, a circle of people around those students in times of need. Today's episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird, Inc., where digital healthcare is their niche. Whether you're looking to implement remote patient monitoring in-house, start a chronic or principal care management program, or even leverage telehealth to optimize the delivery of care and outcomes for your patients and team, Chirpy Bird Inc. can help. They offer results-based solutions for practices and health systems to support docs and patients during this uncertain time. You can find them and all of their services online at chirpybirdinc.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast, where we're dedicated to amplifying the career journey, accomplishments, and lessons learned of women everywhere. I'm your host, Joy Rios. And I'm your other host, Robin Roberts. During the day, together we run a health IT consultancy known as Chirpy Bird Inc., where we get to geek out on all things healthcare, technology, and policy. But along the way, Joy noticed that so many women were running organizations, but too few were leading or being recognized. So we decided to change that. Together, we're learning about the puzzle that is healthcare and sharing what we find with you, our listeners. You can expect us to be talking with some pretty badass women. We will even be exploring how the pandemic is impacting many of their professional lives this season. We've also formed a private community of both guests and listeners over on Slack to help make connections, offer support to one another, and share the resources we come across. If you want to join us, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com forward slash community. This week's shout outs go to community members Marissa, Randy, Mahima, Julie, Janae, and Kat. And this week's high five goes to Julie for leading our hit lag happy hour. We learned how to make lemon drop martinis, which was so much fun. That event was a success and we're looking forward to the next one. So high five, Julie. Thank you. All right, enough already. There are too many awesome women to talk with. Let's get started. This week, we take a more personal approach and talk with Amy Mondragon, the Director of Residential Life at Wasatch Academy, which is a private boarding school located in rural Utah and happens to be the high school that I attended. Just as with the rest of schools around the country, they've had to make some significant changes around campus life due to COVID. 
We discuss all these details with Amy and a whole lot more. We learned a lot from this conversation and hope you will too. So let's get started. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. We are really excited to get your perspective on how life has changed within the school system. And especially now we're taking care of everybody's health during this public health emergency. And this year is so unlike any other year. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about the school that you work at and maybe a little bit about like, okay, when kids come have come onto campus in years past versus this year, what is the main difference? And I know that is a big question. First off, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be talking with both of you today. I work at International Private College Prep Boarding School in central Utah, very small town, Utah. The population of the city is about 3,000 people. So we have about 210 students this year at our school and a little less than we normally have. The school serves students from all over the world and across the U.S. So typically we have around 39 countries represented and just students from east to west coast all over the U.S. Normally when students come in, it's a very welcoming celebration. The students come in, they register, every adult is on campus welcoming them. We have activities set up for them. We have two travel days for students, actually. We have our international students arrive one week early because we want them to get over their jet lag. And we want to spend a lot of time with our English language learners orienting them to the school. So that's a typical arrival for the international students. The domestic students arrive one week later. And as soon as the domestic students arrive that night, they're all in their dorms and they're all doing icebreakers and getting to know you. And and we're creating community immediately with the students. And then the next day, that following morning, we we just go into orientation and we have an assembly and it's like a pep rally and we welcome everybody and we're excited for everybody to be there. And we meet in our really large space with all of our students and all of our faculty. And we have a headmaster message to the students. And and then we go around outside and have what we call the friendship circle. And the friendship circle, if you can imagine 300 plus people on a soccer field standing one circle outside of another, and they're just twisting the circle around, meeting everyone one by one. Hi, my name is Amy Mondragon. I'm from California. I've been here for, you know, 18 years, whatever. And you just go by and meet everyone at the school. And the last couple of years, we've been fist bumping instead of shaking hands. That's a a precaution that we started taking a couple of years ago. And then that day, there are food trucks on campus, there's music, there's a foam pit, there are bouncy houses, just so the students can have fun and play and have a space to get to know each other when they come in. And typically, we have roommates. We believe in roommates at our school. So the students arrive at school and we like for a domestic student to have an international roommate. 
this year, and I'll talk about it a little bit more, but we have many single rooms in the dorms. Not many of our students have roommates. So that's a piece that is a challenge for us to create those bonds, to have the opportunity for those students to learn conflict resolution, cooperation, consideration of other people. And that's going to be a challenge for us this year. Now, this year starting, we've staggered a at four travel days. And we staggered these arrivals depending on our international students, parents driving on campus, students flying to the airport and being driven down here. The students arrived. They were put in quarantine in their rooms as soon as they arrived on campus. And they were COVID tested the following morning. Our health department has been really wonderful to work with us in testing all of them. And then they stayed in their dorm rooms until their tests came back negative. So we had brand new students who know no one who are in their dorm room, sitting in their dorm room. There's no community happening. Our dorm parents are creating some Zoom calls, trying to reinvent that, and it's not happening. It didn't happen. So that was tough. We did decrease our numbers 25% in the dorms to create space. That's where the, the roommate piece comes in. And we just haven't had gatherings. There was no gathering in the beginning. You know, the students came in in waves with quarantine. And once they all came out of the quarantine, they started school. There wasn't an orientation day. There wasn't icebreakers, get to know you in person. It's a challenge for us creating the sense of community. So full disclosure, I went to this school. <laughs> this, I remember being there as a 14-year-old. And why, like, it's very memorable being dropped off. I was driven from California. And I remember that first week in particular of being up. And then feeling like watching my mom and sister drive away and feeling like I'm not going to see them. Like, I don't know when I've never been away from my family for this long. And I don't know anybody that I'm with. And I was a roommate with a Japanese girl and she was amazing. And, you know, it kind of was the beginning of this journey for me of really learning about so many different cultures and just being taken out of the space that I've known my whole life. And it is very much a platform from which I feel like from the trajectory of my life has really benefited from that experience. And I can't even imagine what it must be like now because I was able to visit campus and see all of the precautions that have been put into place. And if they're not able, then even in like the dining center of looking at like, okay, people aren't necessarily going to be able to eat and commune at tables. I think I saw like the plastic sheets where only four people can go to a table to eat at a time. And I can only imagine what effect that is having. So I know that the number one concern is with safety and making sure that everyone's health is a top priority. But how does it feel right now on campus? Like are it's only, you're only what, a few weeks in, right? Right. This is our week two. We're, we're wrapping up our week two. And the feeling on campus, surprisingly, the students are really resilient, right? So I attended a lot of webinars with boarding schools throughout the summer. 
and we were talking about mental health concerns with the students when they arrive back because everyone has a story from the pandemic. Every single one of us have our own unique story of how we have been affected since March. And there was a really large focus on mental health for the students. Then in, in August, right before we opened, I attended a webinar with some school psychologists and they said, you know what, we're not so concerned about the students. They're going to be happy to be back in school, see their friends, have some normal structure. It's the adults that we're worried about, you know, who feel like they're risking their lives, frankly, to be in class teaching. So the students have been great. The new students are still struggling to integrate. I know it's because of all of those pieces that we talked about were missing. Our campus is really warm. You went there. I'm so glad you had a good experience. I was smiling the whole time you were talking. It is a very warm community. And I think it will just take some time for those new, new students to be connected. Luckily, you know, we have advisor groups where there, there's a small number of students with a faculty member and they meet twice a week. And they're able to kind of have time together as a group. So there are some opportunities there, but the students are just really grateful to be back. We started in March when we went on spring break in March. We have been working nonstop to create these safety protocols nonstop. And I feel really confident about them. And I feel like we were so confident we weren't super nervous and didn't share that anxiety with students there was a comfort for them coming in. Another thing that we do, so a lot of times girls are taught to be kind and, you know, peacemakers and you don't want to ruffle any feathers or cause problems. We actually practice, we have them write down how to say no, not just no, but how to say no and some different excuses to have, you know, in their pocket. It's been fun to see what they've said. You know, one girl was like, my dad is a cop and he will come kick your ass if you do this, even though her dad wasn't a cop. But at least she has those, a list that she can use and we'll make them practice and we'll make them raise their voice. And for a lot of girls, they've never really raised their voice. It's very yeah. new for them. So giving them a voice. You know, I remember like having those conversations with some of the other kids in the dorms. And one of the conversations that we had was like, oh, if I was ever getting raped, I would say like, I have AIDS. You don't want to catch it from me. Or like claim that you've got some sort of STD. That, like you're the one, you're putting yourself at risk right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a heavy topic. It's a strong one, but they do need empowerment. Like you didn't know, you didn't even really know that that, was crossing a line. What has the response from parents been like? Parents are, you know, overall, overwhelmingly, parents are so grateful that we're open. There are so many schools around the country, right, that are closed. Public schools, private schools, boarding schools are closed. They're doing hybrid models. There are all sorts of different models. And parents are just Oh, thank you so much for being open. And I think they're seeing what, what we see. I believe students need to be in the classroom. I believe they need to be in person. I have a 14-year-old son who really, I could see that the digression socially because he wasn't in school. And I see it with all of our students who returned. There's been a little, a little gap 
in the social growth of the students. So overwhelmingly, they've been great. There have been some parents who've challenged some things. One parent said, you're traumatizing the students by making them wear masks to go to class. And I said, well, if that's the case, then maybe this isn't the place for your student because we have, we've invested a lot to make sure our school is safe enough to open. So the parents have been great. They have been, you talk, Joya, you talk about arriving on campus with your family and, and watching them drive by. I don't know how long they spent on campus, but we asked our parents to spend 45 minutes moving their student in. And typically, that's a really short period of time. Yeah, we got a whole day. I remember, you know, my mom and sister, we drove. It took us a couple of days to get there. We kind of took our time and made it a memorable experience in and of itself. But then the day on campus, it was like, oh, here's your room that you're going to live in. My sister was very creative and artistic and is like helping me put stuff up on the walls to make sure that it felt like home, you know, like a teenager's bedroom. And I can't imagine, you know, and taking a tour of the campus. Where, where am I going to be eating? Where am I going to be taking classes? Where's the soccer field or whatever? Where can we go get a smoothie in town? <laughs> I think we, we did that too. But from what I understand, you guys have a, a, essentially a completely closed campus. Like once folks are there, the expectation is that it's its own bubble, kind of like the NBA is for... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. And actually, my, my colleague keeps comparing it to the NBA. Oh, well, the NBA did this. So maybe we should look at doing this. So <laughs> the NBA has been very helpful for us, for our model. But it's true. We've talked about a social bubble. We've created our community bubble here on campus. And one thing with the parents... We have Yom Kippur coming up and some of our parents want to bring their students home for the holiday. And we're really strongly having to say, no, we really, we've tested everyone, tested all of our students, faculty. We've created this bubble. Please help us in keeping our campus safe and no travel, no travel for students right now. No parents visiting on campus right now you know, please help us with this. It's been difficult for some parents. They want to bring students home for their birthdays or different events. And we will work with families, but if there's something going on, but it's something that we're really asking that they not do. And that's a big change from last year. That begs the question, what about the rest of the holidays coming up? Are there breaks where kids will go home when they return? Is it a reset through this whole process? And then God forbid someone does get ill. What is the plan? What does that look like now? The holiday, this does change the holidays. So we are not having a Thanksgiving break. We typically have one week for Thanksgiving. We come back for three or four weeks and then we break for winter break for three weeks. This year, because travel is such a, a risk, we feel we don't want our students traveling any more than they need to. We are working through Thanksgiving and the students will leave the first part of December and they'll leave for seven weeks. We'll have a seven-week winter break. At this point, our senior leadership team actually meets tomorrow to figure out our calendar for second term. Right now, we don't have a calendar for second term. We wanted to see how the world was doing, how healthy things were. 
and they're meeting to see if we have a spring break or if we forego the spring break and finish out the year and finish earlier on that end. So just being really thoughtful about the travel and the travel risk there. We do have contingency plans for teachers getting sick or students getting sick. You know, we're really encouraging our students to stay six feet apart. And there was a school psychologist who talked about this. And we talked about romantic relationships that we're already already seeing. See, that's the thing. We have COVID safety that we need to worry about. And we're supervising and educating students constantly. They've been wonderful about wearing masks. They've been really, really wonderful. But, but they're teenagers. But so, they're teenagers. Exactly. So they, yeah. have, they have to be reminded. All sorts of things. <laughs> yes. Yes. <sighs> and we're dealing with regular teenage behavior as well on top of all of these safety protocols. So we're really trying to keep them six feet, trying to keep them healthy. The dorm parents have established, you know, some students need help with their laundry and remembering to wash their sheets. I know it's hard to believe, but it's not just freshman boys. They do need help with keeping up with their hygiene, some of the students. So we are working on that. But if a student gets sick, we have some quarantine homes on campus set aside. We have isolation homes set aside. So we will move those students directly to those spaces. We've hired people to kind of be pinch hitters and help us if a dorm parent gets sick, if we need a sub, if we need someone to watch that isolation space in all of those areas, because we just don't want to bring people outside of our bubble, right? So if teachers get sick, we have those pinch hitters to come in and be subs for them. We're really supporting teachers in, hey, if you're not feeling well, stay home. You know, temperature checks every day before you leave to go to work. And we're doing the same actually with students. The dorm parents are doing temperature checks every day, wellness checks, even on the weekends, asking them if they have symptoms. We have posters all over the dorms and all over campus with the symptoms and the dorm parents will go through that with the students just to make sure we're trying to be very cautious and catch it immediately. Hey there, sorry to interrupt. If you like the vibe of this podcast, you're going to love our private Slack community. It's super supportive, ladies-only pod where we offer real talk, real advice, and genuine engagement to our members to help them stay inspired and level up. To join, just go to hitlikeagirlpod.com forward slash community. All right, now let's get back to the show. So is the plan for after the winter holiday for them to go through, like to repeat the process, everybody who comes in gets tested again and do another quarantine again before second semester starts? That's a good question. I don't have an answer right now. I can say that when the leadership team meets tomorrow, they will set that up. I imagine it will be the same process. We want to get them here, get them tested, quarantine everyone, and then recreate that bubble. It sounds like there's been a lot of thought and process that's gone into all of this, but you guys are also doing your best to remain nimble 
based on the status of your own kind of micro environment, if you will, despite being hundreds of people to strategize around this and continuing to flex based on what the public health emergency mandates of you. Yes. And there are definitely some challenges that come with that. It's student experience. When you're a teenager, you want to go to the movies. You want to go to the mall. You want to have experiences on the weekend. And we have a weekend recreation program. And that's one area that we have really had to reinvent. One of many areas that we've had to reconsider, but that looks differently. That's going on a bus, very spaced, and going through the drive-through at McDonald's because teenagers like McDonald's. I'm sorry, McDonald's. I'm not a fan for adults for here, but the teenagers love things like that. So going to places like that or doing a lot of outdoor activities for them, mountain biking or the hikes that we have. You know, we live in a beautiful place for outdoors. And the weather is working in our favor right now. We're pushing the kids outdoors, outdoors, outdoors for even classrooms, their free time. When the winter hits, it's going to be a new challenge. And we understand that's coming. Are you guys going to do the Mount Nebo hike? And just for Robin's sake and any of our listeners, basically that's one of the ways that Wasatch is great about creating community and sort of getting into the habit of overcoming challenges that the whole group, the whole school, like students, faculty, staff and teachers all climb a mountain on one Saturday. And they just like, it's the goal to get to the top. So does that happen this year? You know, there's disappointment with that. And then we have to move forward because we cannot do that. And you're right. That is a huge tradition for us here. And it's goal setting and it's community building and bonding and and those students that make it to the very summit, we aren't able to do that this year. And that's something that we're constantly meeting about, talking about, okay, everything has been kind of thrown up in the air. What do we do with it all? And another tradition for us is assembly every week. And I don't know if it was that way for you, Joy, when you were here, but we had assembly with all of our students in a large auditorium we call the Tiger's Den. And the students are all in there. Our student council is running this assembly and we, we can't have assembly. And one funny piece about that, actually, I told the student council, they all said, they, oh, we don't like assembly. It's too long and we need to change things up. I said, be careful what you wish for. Look where we're at now. We need to do some, create virtual assemblies. So they're having to create those virtual assemblies and just be very innovative. We really are having to pivot. And that's a, that's a big word being used right now, right? Really used, but we're having to adapt and reinvent a lot. It sounds like you guys have done a really good job doing that. My husband's a psychologist and a behavior specialist in a large school district here in North Carolina. And a lot of their stuff has been around now turning to pivoting to support staff but also integrating social and emotional learning virtually is now a big part of his job since they're not doing so many of these other things. But let's be honest, even as adults here, every virtual commitment, you also kind of get sick of looking at that little dot on the screen or checking your hair, camera on, camera off. You know, this week, one of the things my daughter's school did is they're rotating teachers taking turns, allowing the camera off, right? To kind of reduce some of that burnout. But staff doesn't really get that break. But 
I applaud you guys for being smart and still even being able to go outdoors. But I think even the seasonality of where you are does pose a challenge with winter. Saw a private school the other day. They did the outdoor circles for 100 students mm-hmm. at a time and basically had an international DJ on a huge screen. And the kids are dancing literally like 10 feet apart with their masks on. And it was this virtual dance party, but it's kind of silly looking, right? Because everyone's so spaced out. <laughs> and I don't know if teenagers would be down with that or not. But yeah, you, you really have to think outside the box to quote unquote reinvent. Because how many ways do you reinvent a Zoom meeting? It's not easy. No, it's not. And I know that burnout you're talking about for sure. There is definitely public speaking and learning to public speak. I think Zoom is a whole separate skill, knowing how to Zoom, right? But there is that Zoom burnout and you do have to be creative. I love that idea for that dance party. We may have to do that before it snows. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not a uh, winter activity of sorts. We may have to build igloos. I'm not sure and put heaters in them. (laughs) So... Well, we do ask a lot of our guests, and this is you're not a typical guest of ours, so thank you for hopping on and just sharing our experience, your experience. We ask everybody if they could literally snap their fingers and solve any problem in healthcare, in our podcast world, it's in healthcare technology or whatever, but I think we can throw that out. If you could snap your fingers and solve anything right now and not have any concern over money, time, resources, whatever, what would you solve for today? What would make your life a heck of a lot easier? In healthcare? Sure. Related to healthcare in any form or fashion. I think of women and I think of more resources for women. I've worked here for 18 years with teenage girls who have had some negative encounters and who have been harassed, possibly assaulted police involvement. And if I could snap my fingers, it would be more resources, a circle of people around those students in times of need. The wraparound services for those sorts of things, however small or grand that challenge or circumstance may be, is something that's definitely lacking. And especially for women, you know, Joy started this whole podcast because she went to a talk oh, that was really the impetus behind everything she began. So I think your, your wish is a worthwhile one. And it's a shame that there's not more resources in that regard, especially at a community level. It's complicated. Thank you for touching on, on all of those issues. I've listened to many of your podcasts already. And I appreciate women leaders who are taking on these topics. Yes. That's so nice to hear. I think ultimately what we like, it's interesting. I feel like there's a lot of, you can't be what you don't see. And I feel like women aren't necessarily out there showcasing what they know and what they've learned and what we can really pass on and share with those coming up behind us. And so I hope that we get to have that opportunity to basically make it easier for people (laughs) entering their careers or if they're mid-career or whatever and just kind of shine some light on stuff that doesn't normally get talked about. Well, I think this is a great platform for women to have that inspiration and to talk about those things, those topics. Last question. 
if you had advice for women, if there's anything that you have learned in your career, um, you've spent, as you said, 18 years at this private boarding school in rural Utah. If, if there's anything that you have learned that you feel like other people would benefit from, what is that advice? It's never too late to become what you could have been. And don't let anyone get in the way of that. Follow your heart, move forward, have a seat at the table. I work with a lot of men in administrative roles and it can be difficult. And I don't know if they'll hear this podcast or not, but it is difficult to be a woman in leadership and you just need to cry and get dressed and go back to work and keep doing it. If you need to cry, I should say. I cry. (laughs) I've cried at many points in my, and you just keep going. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And it's sometimes it's been like at the bathroom stall at whatever office that I've been in at the time. I'm just like, I can't believe today, but you go back out there and keep making it, Mm -hmm. keep making it go. Amy, if people want to connect with you, learn more about the Academy, where can they do that? Where can they find you? Where can they connect? Oh, I would love that. So the Wasatch Academy website, or they can find me LinkedIn, Facebook, my email. My first name is A-M-I-E. My last name is Mondragon, common spelling, but they can find me and message me there. That's easier than giving my email address, I assume. I can give my email address, but okay. (laughs) That works. Thank you so much for sharing and thanks for just being with us today. This has been really lovely. Oh, it's so nice to meet both of you and and speak with both of you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And thank you for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. If you want to know more about us or this guest, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle hitlikeagirlpod. Thanks again. See you soon. Thank you to Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting. You can find out more about them at www.chirpybirdinc.com.